Hey, welcome everybody to Clearly Unclear. I'm your host, Matt, with one T underscore Z-E-B-R-O-W-S-K-I. You can hit me up on Twitter at Matt with one T underscore Z-E-B-R-O-W-S-K-I. Uh, also on Facebook at Clearly Unclear. Like, follow, share. I appreciate all the love and support. Uh, let's just get into it. Um, week 16, uh, Titans win a big one at home, 20-17 to 17 after trailing, getting dominated early. The Browns lose a heartbreaker on the road on Christmas Day. Despite Baker's four interceptions, they lose 24-22 to a 12-3 Packers team who is playing very well. The Colts beat the Cardinals on the road. Cardinals shoot themselves in the foot again and lose another game in December. 10-5. Lions lose another close one. The Falcons are surprisingly 7-8. The Giants get hosed by the Eagles, the Jaguars, and Jets. Uh, the Jets win 26-21 in a shitty game uh, between two really shitty teams. The Buccaneers on the road just uh, absolutely destroy the Panthers 32-6. I don't know what those Panthers are going to do with their quarterback room, but it's something's got to change or you got to get an offensive line. One of the two. Biggest disappointment of the week, the Chargers on the road losing 41-29 to the Texans. And uh, rookie David Mills, who's actually probably – Numbers-wise, looks like the best quarterback in this draft, numbers-wise. Bills beat the Patriots. Uh, Bills fans act like they won the Super Bowl uh, by beating a team they said and claimed at the beginning of the year would not sniff a division title nor second place, only would be better than the Jets because the Jets are that shitty, and now they act like they just are world beaters, which is hilarious. The Josh Allen nuthuggers are out in full force, which is fine. I like Josh Allen, but... Um, he does. He's flawed. He makes mistakes, uh, but he did play a very good game. Uh, maybe his most complete game of the year. Um, and they beat the Patriots. You know, at home. Uh, but the Patriots just a couple weeks ago went into Orchard Park and absolutely bitch slapped that Bills team around. The score didn't indicate it, but if you watch the games, because you got to watch the games sometimes to get the context, they absolutely dominated um, the Bills. The Bills beat the Patriots. The Bills should beat the Patriots. The Bills on paper are better than the Patriots. I just don't know if they're a better coach team or as disciplined as the Patriots. And you can be less talented, but if you're well coached and you play fundamental football, you can beat any team in the NFL any day, especially if you don't make mistakes. Um, the Bills are 9-6. and six. I mean, there's people telling me that these guys were going to win 14 or 15 games this year, um, and here they are. You know, do do you trust the Bills to win their last two and, and clinch the division? Not from what I've seen this year. Do I trust the Patriots to can I can I, can I see the Patriots winning their last two? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll get into next week's games here in just a moment. But um, Bills fans act like they just won their division. They didn't. They have a great shot at it. You still got to win those last two. And you guys have been playing inconsistent football all year. You beat your rival. It's you know after beat. You beat up Carolina, and then you come in and you play a really good football game and beat your rival at home. Uh, this just says to me you're going to lay a stinker week 17, which I'll discuss here in just a little bit. Uh, Ravens get just hosed by the Bengals. Good for the Bengals. Fuck the Ravens. Uh, Rams win 30-23. Stafford didn't play too well. When you win 30-23, when your quarterback doesn't play too well, that means you're running the ball well. You're playing defense, special teams. Um, things are good. Rams look good. Bears beat the Seahawks 25-24 um, in a very snowy game in Seattle. The Broncos lose to the Raiders on the road 17-13. Uh, I was actually at this game um, with my dad, who's a um, 
a Raiders fan. Well, he's a Raiders fan because his brother, his late brother, was a, a Raiders fan. Uh, Tuffy, he was a huge Raiders fan. Um, so you know, he he follows Raiders, loves the Raiders. Uh, was gracious enough to surprise me with tickets for Christmas. Um, we had great seats. Um, I'll post some uh, pictures on Clearly Unclear when I post uh, this episode later today on my uh, Facebook page at Clearly Unclear. Um, not an aesthetically pleasing game as far as the offensive side, but uh, it was a it was a good game. I mean, there was there was moments there was there was some excitement throughout the game, um, but there was not a lot of offense. Uh, Josh Jacobs um, was the star of that game. Um, and he ran his ass off. Maybe the best game he's played in the NFL. Uh, dude usually is about is going to get you four to five, maybe five yards a rush. But it's usually about three and a half to four. Um, he he doesn't break off big runs. He gashed, absolutely gashed the Broncos' defense for large chunks, um, and that is the big reason why they won. He put them on their back, and um, you know they're they're not too they're eight and seven. They're right in the thick of the playoff hunt when everyone thought that they would fall apart. And look. As a Browns fan, upset that the Browns didn't beat them, but the Raiders should have won that game probably by more than the two points that they did. Uh, the Raiders are a flawed team, um, but they're putting together wins at the most important time of the year, and that's all that matters. Steelers, 7-7-1, get hosed by the Chiefs, who are probably playing the best complete football um, right now in the NFL. Uh, quietly, just back at 11-4, and looking to seal up that uh, number one seed and have a bye in the playoffs. Um, the most... Well, this red the Redskins, sorry, the Washington football team, um, got beat fifty six to fourteen, and they got scored on in every conceivable way possible that a team can get scored on. It was embarrassing. They were losing like twenty as twenty one nothing. I mean, instantly, um, there was a fight on the sideline, and not just a little fight. Like two dude, like one dude threw a punch, and these guys and hit a guy in the face, and these guys went to college together, so. That that looks like a uh, a pretty fractured, excuse me, a pretty fractured uh, locker room. So uh, Cowboys eleven and four. Uh, I mean, the record is your your record is what it says it is. I just you know that's a big that's a good win for them because they they absolutely just stomped on their rival, um, and maybe that wakes their uh, their offense because their defense has been playing well. Um, the other disappointment. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, was the Cardinals who shot themselves in the foot again, losing another December game to the Colts, who are playing pretty well. Good defense. Um, we'll see what happens without Carson Wentz this week. Um, and then the Dolphins, seven in a row, the first team to ever win seven in a row and lose seven in a row in the same season, beat the Saints uh, on the road twenty to three. So it was an interesting week. There's a lot of interesting uh, subplots as far as like. You know, especially in the AFC, one win or loss can move you in so many different directions, um, and we're starting to get a clearer picture what the NFC is looking like. I know a lot of uh, Cowboys fans were rooting for the Browns on Christmas Day, um, but that's what it's like rooting for the Browns, guys. Well, you guys know what it's like because you guys lose all the time too, but um, you know, you expected something and it doesn't go your way. Um, they want to be in first. They want that bye, and they were really relying on the Browns to beat um, – a very game Packers team um, who didn't didn't do enough to impress me um, against the Browns. The Browns defense is the only reason that team's been in games. Baker didn't play well. Uh, you could say that fourth interception, obviously, was a pass interference, uh, but that's not what cost them the game. 
It was the other three interceptions and the shitty play by the offense in general. Um, I like Baker Mayfield. I didn't care for the pick at the time. Um, but package with a Denzel Ward and a Nick Chubb, you can wrap your head around. That's a really good draft. Uh, he had a great first year. His second year, I give him a pass. It was a goddamn dumpster fire because of Freddie Kitchens and some really bad moves that the ownership decided to make over uh, GM John Dorsey's recommendations. Um, the, regardless of how good Dorsey was, they wanted Kitchens as that coach, and it turned out, and I thought it would be. I'm like, it's a wasted year. Uh, you know, fast forward. Uh, you know, the following year, third year, Baker has a great year, very efficient. Uh, the team's rolling. They win a playoff game. They're within one bad – I'm not going to ever blame this call because there's other reasons why the Browns lost, but the helmet-to-helmet call at the end of that game against uh, KC, um, that that was probably the deciding factor else the Browns were on their way to an AFC title game. Now, was there other reason, reasons why the Browns lost that game? Absolutely, but – you could, if you wanted to, if you want to make excuses, point to that. Um, and then, you know, this year, uh, they're going, and it, it's a great first game against KC. They lose, but Baker played great. Uh, they're 3-1, and 4-1, one, and one, and then, boom, the injuries happen. Baker's getting hurt. I don't think people realize, because I know a lot of you don't watch Browns games, Baker's been playing hurt this whole year. And so, yes, he's had some bad games. He had a bad game on Christmas Day. Um, but you got to really look at the context of it all instead of watching a highlight or listening, watching a highlight and, and, and making an opinion solely based on that when you've barely watched any of this kid play over the last four years. The Browns before him, they're 28 and 29 since he's been a starter. So, um, and they might even have a winning record this year if things shake out. Uh, but they had the Steelers at home. Uh, well, Steelers on the road, Bengals at, at, at home uh, to uh, finish the season. Um, but if they were to finish 500 again, or 500 or better, it's uh, this two straight winning seasons with a playoff win. And as a Browns fan, you just want to see the baby steps. I thought they would win 11 games this year, just like they did last year, but they would it would be different. Um, you know, they're going to win those 11 games. They're going to take that experience that they learned off last year, you know, and take it to the playoffs. And, um, you know, injuries have killed them. COVID's killed them. And that's been with a lot of teams. But the Browns have lost very, very important players on key parts of their their offense and defense. Chubb, Hunt, Landry, Odell, Babai. I don't care if you're not there. You know, they, they won without you. You're doing pretty good in, in L.A. I'm happy for you. You just weren't a fit in Cleveland. Um Everybody on that team has been hurt on all sides of the ball. And it's just it's the fact that they, two weeks ago, with one win against the Raiders, would have been in first place in the AFC North um, and in control of their destiny, lose two games by a combined total of four points to two playoff. Well, two teams who are in playoff contention. Obviously, the Packers are going to win that division. Um, you know, and and now the Raiders have won two in a row to put themselves back in a position for the playoffs. So, and that's with a decimated roster. That's with guys out on COVID, guys that are still injured. Um, so I'm not ready to let Baker walk. They already got him for the fifth year. Let's see what he does. Do I want to sign him to thirty thirty five million if he has a if he has a good year next year? No, not yet. That's what the franchise tag is for, and I hate to use it, but, you know, Baker, feasibly, we got him for this year. Franchise tag him again, see what he does. And then if he could structure two good seasons together, um, 
where there's no injury issues, where uh, you know things sort of work out, then instead of tagging him for a second time, you can probably feel good about moving forward with him as your quarterback. Um, I don't know. There's not many guys out there you can get to replace Baker. I've heard people say um, Gardner Minshew and because of his numbers, but what's his record? What games has, he's, has he played in um, where they've actually meant something? I like Gardner Minshew, but I just from, – from game to game, Baker could be anywhere between the fourth best quarterback in the league to the 15th or 20th. He's an average to above average quarterback who is still learning – um, but I think what what we're seeing is this: we need a guy to come in immediately and throw fifty touchdowns in a season. We're spoiled with Pat Mahomes. We're being spoiled by a guy like Justin Herbert. We we're, we we expect dudes to come in, and instead of letting them develop, we shit on them after one or two years. Like, oh, you can't do it, even though they give you flashes. There's guys who aren't very good, and you know it quickly. But I don't think Baker's one of those guys. Now, if he leaves Cleveland, I think he goes somewhere else and succeeds, kind of like Kirk Cousins. I like Kirk Cousins. I liked him prior to the draft. I wish the Browns would have drafted him the year that he came out. Um, and there's a reason why Mike Shanahan drafted Kirk Cousins after RG three. You gotta have you gotta have depth at that position. And I always thought Kirk Cousins was a starter um, in the NFL, and he's proven to be one of the one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, does it translate to wins all the time? No, but there's it's football. To put the onus, I know the quarterback gets all the praise for the wins and he gets all the the hate for the losses, but let's face it, um, you know, it's you need your quarterback to play good, but if the guy's throwing for 300 yards and got you three touchdowns uh, without turning any balls over, but you guys still lose, like, that's is that really his? Is that, is that on him? Should he have tried to throw for a fourth and fifth, or maybe the defense should have stepped up? Maybe the running back should have dropped the ball. Um, you know, maybe there was some errors on special teams. So, um, I, I'm a wait-and-see guy. I usually don't like to judge quarterbacks until after their third year. Um, I thought Baker had a really good year after his third year. Um, and I knew that this 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 year, you know, maker, it could have been make or break, but I, 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 you know, I'm going to give him for that fifth year and possibly tag the kid um, because you want to see him develop, and he hasn't been healthy. And I think if he was healthy, this Browns team would be in a far different position, even with all the other injuries. Did he have a bad game? Yes. Has he had some bad games? Of course. Um, but you just you got to put things in context and understand that unless uh, an Aaron Rodgers is walking through that door, how much of an upgrade is a Gardner Minshew at that position or a Derek Carr, who I do like? You know, you're 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 just replacing a a, a really a, an average to an above average quarterback with an average another average to an above average quarterback. You're not you're not you're not making yourself any better. You're just staying stagnant, um, and whether it's if you want to save money and go the Minshew route, sure, why not? But are you going to be any better? I don't think so. Um, but you know, time will tell. Um, let's end this season on a good note. Um, you know, week week sixteen was was a good week of football. Um, a lot of teams, even teams with winning records, feeling like they've they're they're uh, you know swimming on the deep end. That's including the Cardinals, ten and five. Uh, they lose again. Like, they started off hot, and this is what the Cardinals have been known for the last couple years. Um, this fading in December. I think they'll make the playoffs, but I, I think I don't think they're going to go far, but you never know, right? Uh, that's just my estimation. So, quickly, Week 17 starts off. Oh, we got no Thursday games, do we? No, it doesn't look like it. 
So it's just a full Sunday slate. And then we get the Monday nighter. Eh, Brown Steelers Monday night. Okay. Uh, we got a good one. Chiefs Bengals. That that could be an AFC title preview. Um, that should be a really good one. That's a noon kickoff Eastern time. Uh, I'm sorry, Central Standard Time. So 1 o'clock Eastern time. Giants Bears. <laughs> Eagles Washington. Who cares? Rams Ravens should be pretty interesting. Buccaneers Jets. Raiders Colts is huge. Eight and seven, nine and six. Uh, Raiders got to win this game, and then they have to beat the uh, Chargers the last week of the season, probably to get in the playoffs. Uh, the Patriots at home probably going to curb stomp the Jaguars. Bill Belichick likes to beat up on rookie quarterbacks. Bills Falcons. I think this is a trap game for the for the Bills, but watch them just absolutely blow the Falcons out. I just think after that win against the Patriots at on the road that. Um, they're not going to come in prepared. Dolphins, Titans, this is huge for the Dolphins and for the Titans, actually, to stay close to um, the Chiefs to possibly take that number one seed. I like the Dolphins in this one. I just do. I think they're playing great football. Um, Texans, Niners, Niners, they're going to bounce back. Broncos, Chargers is interesting. Chargers at home. Broncos and Chargers always play, play each other tough. Chargers need to win this game. Um, a loss here, I, they're done, in my opinion, making the playoffs. Panthers, Saints, Saints win here. They go to 8-8. Eight eight. They have a playoff shot. I'll jump into the playoff picture here soon uh, after week 16. The Lions, 2-12-1, um, go on the road to play a 5-10-0 Seahawks team, uh, who are both teams are struggling. Lions probably should have about six or seven wins this year, just based on how they've lost some games. Uh, but that's the growing pains. Um, you know, that, that team's still playing really, really, really hard for Dan Campbell. So that shows me something, that they believe in that guy. Cardinals-Cowboys, huge, huge game. Um, I think both teams need this win. I know the Cowboys are coming off an impressive uh, beating of the Redskins. Sorry, the Washington football team, excuse me. Um, but I think they need to show that they can beat a really good team. And the Cardinals, 10-5 and five on paper, are a really good team. But the Cardinals need this win. Um just as bad as the Cowboys do. Cowboys want to keep pace with the Packers, who have a division game at home against the Vikings. Uh, that would be an interesting game. The Vikings could use that win. Uh, knowing the Vikings, this is going to be a very close game. All their games have been close this year. Um, and then we got a Monday night um, a Monday night game um, that can – the Browns and Steelers still have a chance at the playoffs. Steelers 7-7-1, seven, seven, Browns 7-8. Seven, and eight. Um, You know, I would love to see the Browns – win their last two, have a winning record, possibly make the playoffs. Um, but I, you know, I I want to say the Browns, but I think the Steelers are looking for revenge from last year. Um, I don't look for this to be a pretty game, um, but I think the Steelers probably win because they're at home. Um, in a close one, probably another two or three point game, uh, which would mean the Browns would lose three games by a combined six to seven, eight points, which, <laughs> which is tough to swallow. It's a tough pill to swallow, but um, and then they go um, and finish the season at home against the Bengals. So um, there's a lot on the line in Week 17. Browns, Steelers, all these teams still have a chance, technically, uh, which leads me to where we're at in the playoff picture. Right now, Chiefs are number one in the AFC for that bye. We got the Titans at two, Bengals at three, Bills at four, Colts at five, Patriots at six. Dolphins at seven, and then on the bubble we got the Chargers, Raiders, Ravens, Steelers, Browns, um, Broncos seven and eight. So I mean these teams are all within one game 
of each other for that uh for the wild card. Um the Dolphins are in there because of um tiebreakers. Um but I, I, I don't you know it's gonna be it's gonna be wild. It's gonna be a wild last two weeks. Um right now if the playoffs were to start we'd have the Titans playing the Dolphins, which we already have this week. Um so it would be a rematch. Then we have the Bengals and Patriots, which would be like a really interesting matchup because like it's a really good defense and a team that likes to run the ball uh with a team that loves to throw the ball that has got three capable wide receivers uh it would just be i I think that would be the most interesting game of the first week of the playoffs in the afc and then we have a rematch of the bills colts um which if you watched that game last year the the colts had the bills on the ropes um are the Colts better than last year? I think so, um, because JT is balling. Um, that would be an inter. That would be that's from an interest standpoint as far as like, could I see the Colts beating the Bills? Yes, of course. Um, but we'll see what happens this week. Everything can shake up. I mean, the Dolphins could lose, the Patriots can lose again, the Colts could lose again, um, and then the, the <laughs> and then the Bengals can you know the the Bengals can lose again. And then the Chargers, Raiders, you know, Ravens, maybe a combination of the Steelers, Browns can all win and just and everything just starts to flip on its head. It's pretty wild what's happening when you have thirteen teams still um you know, fighting for a playoff spot, um, with really only one or two of these locked up, um with the Titans and the Chiefs and uh, but everyone else is in a dogfight, whether it's for a division title or whether it's for just one of those last three wild card spots. Um, as far as the NFC goes, Packers right now twelve and three, first in the NFC North. Um, they've uh, have they clinched their playoff spot? Yeah, they clinched the division. So did the Cowboys last week. Rams have clinched the playoffs. Buccaneers clinched the division. Cardinals clinched the playoffs. Um, there's really, uh, you know, after the Packers and I like the Rams a lot, and the Buccaneers. I don't really believe in the Cowboys or Cardinals. I think if the Niners get in, because uh, they're in the hunt right now, they're eight and seven. Eagles, Eagles are eight and seven, um, but you have the Saints, Falcons, Vikings, um, all you know, and somehow Washington's still there at seven, six and nine. I, I think the Saints and Washington are done. The Falcons, they could beat the Bills. Whew, you never know. Again, I think that's a trap game. Uh, the Vikings need a need a win. Um, the Eagles get a Washington football team that's falling apart. And the Niners get a Texan team that just came off a big win at home against the Chargers. So uh, I like the Niners and the Eagles to win. Um, I think this is pretty much how we're looking at the playoffs going um, into it in a couple weeks. Uh, For the most part, I could see a Falcons team shooting up or even a Vikings team. um, If the Niners or Eagles can't stay consistent, the Eagles are playing pretty good uh, the last couple weeks. And then the Niners, you know, they just had a tough, tough loss. Uh, against a really good Titans team, so no shame in that. Um, but right now we'd be looking at the Packers getting the bye, so the Cowboys would face the Eagles, which would be a crazy first-round game. And then you would have the Rams facing the Niners, a division in a division rivals, um, and two teams that don't really like each other. Um, the Niners match up pretty decent with the Rams, and then we'd have the Buccaneers-Cardinals. So some real fire matchups for the NFC. Um, I think the most interesting one to me would be that Rams-Niners matchup and then the, obviously the Eagles and the Cowboys. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, 
you know, after week 16, uh, where we're at going into week 17, I, you know, I went over uh, the schedule for the Sunday and Monday, um, uh, kind of touched on this the whole playoff picture, which is pretty wild in both conferences, but the AFC is bananas. Um, with that being said, uh, I'm going to take a quick break. When I get back, uh, talk a little bit about Christmas. Um, and I don't know if you can tell, but I got a kind of a raspy voice. I've had a couple of days off um, because I haven't been feeling well. Uh, but I'll get into that more uh, here after the break. And then I'm going to break down Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, Alabama. We got the college football semifinals coming up tomorrow. Can you all believe tomorrow is New Year's Eve? It's been a sh- another one of those years that feel long but aren't. And so um, it's just crazy. We're here at the end of the year already. We're going to be blown into 2022, and uh, it it just seems like it just seems like 2021 just started, and then here we are at the end of the year. But I'm gonna take a quick break. This is clearly unclear. Um, check back with us here in just a moment. Like I said, we're gonna be uh, talking college football, um, a little bit of Christmas. Um, so check back with us. We'll be right back. This is clearly unclear. Hey, welcome back to the show. This is Clearly Unclear. I am your host, Matt, with 1T underscore Z-E-B-R-O-W-S-K-I. Last segment, we jumped into the NFL. Um, We talked the Browns, Baker Mayfield, went over all of Week 16, um, previewed a little bit of Week 17, uh, jumped into what the playoff picture looks like today. Uh, There is no games tonight, um, it being Thursday. We got a full... Uh, slate on Sunday and Monday, um, you know, that, that ends the week on Monday or the NFL week with the pivotal uh, game, not just um, in the division, uh, but for the Browns and Pittsburgh. Uh, the loser definitely not going to make the playoffs. The winner still has a little hope. Um, that being said, um, I just hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas. I was in Nevada. Um, I don't know if you can tell, but I feel like I'm, I'm, I don't feel I have been a little bit under the weather. Um, went back to work Tuesday, worked a half a day, um, and then due to protocols in my company, um, I cannot go back to work until Monday, even though I work remote with or without a positive or negative test. Um, so it is what it is, not exactly how I want to use my PTO that I planned on rolling over, but that's a good 24 to 28 hours now that I don't have, um, for next year. Um, normally I wouldn't chalk it up to COVID. I've never had COVID knowingly. I've never even taken a test. Um, but I was in Nevada. I was on two packed airplanes there and coming home. I was also at the Raiders Broncos game on Sunday. Um, albeit everyone in the, the, the stadium has to go through um, a protocol and put in their information and be vaccinated. But again, I shouldn't have to reiterate this. And it's the only time I'll talk about a vaccination because that's not something I'm here to talk about. Vaccinations don't cure COVID. They help alleviate the symptoms. Not sure why there's a whole subsect of people who think vaccinations completely cure stuff like this. They don't completely cure the fucking flu. And you get a vaccination for it. Um, but that's all I'll say on it. Um, so when I got back uh, Monday afternoon and then even in the evening, I just wasn't feeling terribly great, but chalked it up just to I hadn't slept much in four days. It's the first Christmas since my mom's passed. She, it's only been four months. 
Um, all, all in all, though, I had a good Christmas. Of course, the void's there. Um, but I had a nice... I got in late Thursday. Really didn't get to sleep until what was probably 4 a.m. Central Standard Time. Because now I'm in Vegas and they're Pacific Standard Time. So I was two hours behind. Um, wake up. What? Friday. So Christmas Eve. Didn't really do much. Um, eventually... I was kind of just hanging out all day. Um, and then... I went, what did I, I, took a nap, woke up, my cousins arrived from California, um, and then eventually we met up for, for dinner, uh, which was a really nice dinner, it felt like a European dinner, if you've never been to Europe, when they sit you down, they don't try to rush you out, it's more of an experience than it is just getting down, shoveling food in your fucking fat face, and then being told, hey, get out of here and give me a tip, um, you know, this was at a nice steakhouse at the hotel we were staying at. Um, and it was, uh, it was a good time, you know, um, I enjoyed spending time with my family, um, big shout out to my wonderful girlfriend, Hillary, who, um, couldn't come with us, um, and was, gave me the best present of all, and that's just, she was watching my dog, and, um, Sugar, who everyone seems to love, but her boys and her, uh, love my pup, um, and she is very, very selfless in letting me, go and do this thing I needed to do with my family. We spread my mom's ashes, or we spread my grandma's ashes um, before, I believe, um, and just so she's, her heart was always in Vegas. That's where my grandma lived for uh, most of my, almost my whole life. Um, so I'm, that's basically a second home. Um, it was interesting to see all the people that found, didn't know my mom passed away, um, that were told, people that, she'd known for 20, 30 years because she had been going to, um, this casino and, um, have family and roots and connections in Nevada. And so just to see how many people she touched just with her kindness and my dad's kindness and uh, notoriously big tippers, but not just because they want the clout, but because they're generally really good human beings. My mom was just a very special woman. Um, and so it was just great to see, um, you know, the effect that she had on people while sad at the same time. Um, I, I can't, like I said, this was a Christmas I'll always remember, you know, and while it was tough and it will continue to be tough over the next couple months, um, every day is getting a little bit easier, but I'm off work till Monday and, uh, waiting for, I took a COVID test yesterday. No fucking COVID test anywhere. I tried to go into a Texas med clinic. They didn't take my insurance Cigna. Um, I had called prior to make sure they did. They said they did. I get there. They don't. They want to charge me $400 for a doctor visit and um, and a COVID test. I politely said no and left and will not be going back there. Um, But again, uh, by the good graces of whatever, uh, the the universe, I suppose, um, my, my girlfriend was able to find a canceled appointment at a local CVS, so I was able to get tested. I'm not getting tested for work. I don't need a positive or negative test to go back to work now, nor did I need it before. I just have to take the five days off due to, due to new CDC regulations. So it's been a weird couple days. Like I said, not exactly. Like if I was going to take this time off, I would have just taken the goddamn time off. Uh, but, you know, it's not a bad thing. I'm I'm hoping my test comes back 
negative by tomorrow so I can spend New Year's with uh, my lovely lady and her boys and um, and just in, enjoy um, the time with them. Um, if not, hopefully by Saturday. Um, but I'm cleared to work by Monday. But my biggest thing is making sure I can see uh, the people who are most important to me without um, possibly putting their lives in danger and infecting them. Had I not been on this airplane or at this game or out of state, I wouldn't chalk it up to COVID, but I don't know. Um, and so I wanted to just make sure I did my due diligence. Um, and I've been kind of tucked away in my apartment. Um, I don't really go out much right now. Um, but like I said, once that test comes back, whether it's negative or positive, I can go back to work. And then, then at that point, I can figure out how much longer I need to be quarantined. So have plenty of fucking time on my hands. Been every day I've been thinking I'm going to go back to work the next day, but it's kind of a relief now that I know I have all the way until Monday um, just to dick off the rest of the year, which is kind of nice considering, um, you know, everything that's happened over the last four months and then with Christmas and it's been a stressful time, but a good, you know, at the same time, it's been a fruitful time um, to be able to spend time, quality time with those that I love. Um, that being said, let's just jump in real quick. We got two um, semi-final games in the NCAA playoffs um, that start tomorrow, that kick off tomorrow. Um, both have the potential to be really, really good. Um, you know, I'm going to go over uh, both games and kind of give you my prediction, uh, key players on both teams, a little bit of information on both teams. Um, I'm going to go over the Georgia-Michigan game last, mostly because I hate Georgia for not being able to beat Alabama. Now we got two SEC teams that'll probably play in the final. But I also don't like Michigan. Um and I'll explain to you why I would like Michigan to win only to lose to Cincinnati because I'm very petty. Um but let's go over uh Cincinnati Alabama kicks off tomorrow at 3:30 Eastern Eastern Time, 2:30 p.m. Central Standard Time at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Um it's on ESPN. Um the record for uh, Cincinnati, they were 13-0 and in the American Athletic Conference. Um, they were the, the champion of that conference. They were the number four seed in the college football playoff. Alabama, 12-1. and They're the SEC champion, uh, number one seed in the college playoff. Um, the last game Cincinnati played, they defeated Houston 35-20 in the AAC championship game. And then Alabama defeated Georgia 41-24 in the SEC championship game on December 4th. Uh, some key players you want to look out for for Cincinnati is QB Desmond Ritter. Um, he's a senior. He's going to go down as one of the most accomplished quarterbacks in Cincinnati's history. Um, and he enters the semifinal one touchdown pass behind the single-season school record of 31. And that was held by uh, Ben Mock in 2007. And someone I really liked, Gunnar Keel, in 2014. Um, never really made a, never really made it to the NFL, but I, I like Gunnar Keel quite a bit. Uh, Ritter's thrown for 3,190 yards. Um, and with 350 more, um, he can pass the single-season school record uh, currently held by current Cincinnati quarterback and coach passing and coordinator Gino Giudelli in 2002. So, <coughs> excuse me, kind of interesting um, from a historic standpoint. His record is going to get broke by a player who's currently playing uh, with a coach that's coaching him. Um, and he also entered this game uh, with 12,280 career total yards, 116 career total touchdowns, which are both AAC and Cincinnati records. Um, basically, if you want to slow this team down, you're going to have to hit the quarterback. They also got a pretty good running back um, in Jerome Ford. 
Uh, he was the AAC championship game most valuable player, finished the season with uh, a little under 1,300 yards, had 19 rushing touchdowns. Um, he's ranked sixth nationally in touchdowns and in rushing touchdowns and total touchdowns with 20. Um, he's considered a top 20 back um, with rushing yards per game at 103.6. Against Houston in the title game, he rushed for 187 yards and two touchdowns on just 18 carries, so very efficient. Um, with one touch, he's able to break anything open. So um, also... You want to look out on the defensive side, a very underrated defense in Cincinnati, uh, Darian Beavers. Beavers is one of the five Bearcats who chose to use their COVID-19 year of eligibility to try to help the Bearcats get to this point, somewhere where they've never been, somewhere where a group of five team has never been. Um, Beavers was a Buckhurst Award finalist, um, as the bit, uh, given to the nation's best linebacker. Uh, he finished the season, after finish season, finishing the season with 89 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, and four uh, sacks along with two forced fumbles. Um, while he didn't lead uh, the Bearcats in any of those categories, his his leadership and consistency throughout the season um, is the reason the Bearcats reached the college football playoff. Now, moving on to the more heralded, well-known Alabama Crimson Tide, obviously Bryce Young, quarterback, um, just a true sophomore. Um, he basically won every offensive award you could win in 2021, and he won the Heisman Trophy. Um, he threw for 4,322 yards, 43 touchdown passes, with only four interceptions. Um, it, it really was the SEC game that sealed it for him, where he threw for 421, three passing touchdowns, ran for 40, scored another TD. Um, his 461 of total yards was also an SEC championship game record. Um, he's efficient. He doesn't make mistakes. And that was against a Georgia team that I believed – was only allowing like 10 points a game if that one of the great greatest regular season defensive we've ever seen in college football um but when it comes to winning a game that means something those guys can't fucking do it that being said we want to look out for wide receiver Jamison Williams um with John Meachie out with injury it's up to Williams to be the number one receiver in this Alabama offense um he some would say he probably is a number one guy um, after the meet, you know, even before the Michi uh, injury at the SEC championship game, um, Williams had 68 receptions for 1,445 yards and 15 touchdowns. Um, he's led Alabama in receiving uh, yards and touchdowns this season. Um, I don't see it taking a step back, even with Michi out. They've got enough young studs um, in the wideouts um, and wideout depth to uh, continue to. Um, march down the field and score points. Now, um, another guy we want to look out for on defense, we want to give defense as much uh, shout-out as the offense. We're going to be looking for Will Anderson Jr. Um, and now, obviously, we know Nick Saban hangs his hat on defense. Um, and this crew has some really good NFL talent. Um, and, and so picking one is hard, um, but he has a team-leading 15-and-a-half sacks. An incredible 32 and a half tackles for loss on top of the 15 and a half sacks. That's crazy. Um, his single season sack total and tackle for loss total now are the third best and second best all time in Alabama history, respectively, behind uh, legendary Derek Thomas. We all know Derek Thomas, what a great NFL player he was. The unanimous All American was also the Bronco Nagurski Trophy winner. Uh, presented to the annually to the tops uh, nation's top defensive player, um, so those are some players we're going to be looking out for. Key players that um, um, you're going to want to watch 
obviously the quarterbacks um, and the wide receivers, but those defensive players are going to be the players that probably make the plays in the game that that um, that really um, kind of mold the game into what it will be. We know these two teams can score. Who's going to make the stops? Um, some key storylines, um, obviously, with Cincinnati crashing the the, the college football playoff, um, you know, they were really questioned last year. They had an undefeated season. They didn't. They no one thought they legitimately should be in the playoffs. Um, so it basically, took them two years to get there. So it started in two thousand twenty. They went undefeated in the COVID season. They nearly beat Georgia in the Peach Bowl. Um, they started at number eight this year in the AP Top Twenty Five. Uh, they did. They they went undefeated and beat two Power Five teams on the road, including Notre Dame, um, and earned their way to a playoff. Uh, this is the first Group of Five to do it. Um, and they're, but they're not going to be in the group of five much longer. They're actually joining the Big 12 no later than 2024. Uh, the Bearcats are two teams, or one of the two teams uh, to be in the top ten in both scoring offense and scoring defense. The number, the other is number three, Georgia, which plays Michigan, obviously, in the, uh, the other college football semifinal. Uh, and the Bearcats are 2-0 against ranked teams in 2021. 5-1 against ranked teams since the start of 2020. Um, I don't Obviously, Luke Fickle has these boys ready. They know they can play. They can play with the best of them. Uh, but they're going to get tested, and that's where you see Alabama. Alabama, it's where you just have to say one word. Obviously, it's Bama. Uh, they're college football. Um, they're the top-tier elite program. Um, you know, no one thought. A lot of people thought they wouldn't even get to this point, but here they are. Um, Nick Saban's won six national championships, three in the BCS era and three in this era of the college football playoffs. Um, has played for two other national titles as well. Um, this season, the loss to Texas A&M early seemed to uh, really uh, spark uh, a fire under these guys' butts. Um, since that loss to the Aggies, the defense is only allowing 18.7 points a game and 307 total yards per game with only 60.4 rushing yards per game um, and 247.4 passing yards per game. In that span, uh, the Crimson Tide held two teams without touchdowns. Obviously, they're filled with NFL talent, um, and with this much time to prepare, um, it's going to be hard to beat um, Alabama. Uh, This is actually just the sixth time Alabama and Cincinnati have met, dating back to their first meeting in 1908. Alabama has won all five meetings, with four of them concentrated between 1982 and 1990. Their last meeting in 1990 was uh, an Alabama win 45-7. to seven. Obviously, those programs were in vastly different places at the time. Um, Alabama finished that season 7-5 and five under first-year head coach Gene Stallings, and two seasons later won a national championship and then f- went and stunk until Saban got there. Uh, the Bearcats that specific season, the last time um, they played Bama, the year that um, Bama won, uh, I think they won the national championship, like I said, two years later, the Bearcats were only playing independent football. They went one and ten that season. That came against that win. One win came against Kent State. So, um, <clears throat> it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Um, the Bearcats have come a long way. Um, obviously, I want Cincinnati to win. Um, they have the tools to do it, but I just I think it's gonna be a closer game than people think. Um, I think it's gonna be tight going into the second half. I think and I just think little by little, um, just bit by bit, 
and it, it is that Bama is going to take the game over um, and win. I'm going to go say 30-21. Um, I think it's a tight game, um, but I think it's the Bearcats show up. They play well. I think they impress the nation, um, and I think they solidify their spot in the college football playoffs even with a loss. So um, it's hard to bet against Bama. Can't bet against Bama. Not until they lose, and even if they do lose, we see what they do. Um, you know, if they do lose, they're out. But um, they've been on a roll defensively. The offense has always been there, um, so it's just hard to not take Bama in this one. I'm interested to see what the points are. Um, you might want to just take Cincinnati plus whatever points they are. I'm assuming Bama is a heavy favorite. I haven't looked at the betting lines, but uh, based on what I did in Vegas this weekend, probably don't listen to me. Um, I took the the Packers plus seven, and then I. T- uh, the Packers plus the seven and a half. Um, they only beat the Browns by two, even after the four interceptions by Baker. And then I took the Cardinals minus the one. The Cardinals couldn't get out of their own way. So take it for what it's worth. I just, Bama's always, you take Bama, straight money line, um, and just pick them to win. That's fine. Uh, I, just, I don't think Bama is going to cover. Like I said, I don't know what the spread is. I'd have to look. Um, they could be right at eight or nine points. Um, but I think Cincinnati... Um, throws everything they have at them, and Bama's just too good, too deep, and too well coached um, to lose, but in a very tight uh, ball game that they win 30 21. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. When I get back, we're going to jump into Georgia, Michigan, talk a few other things, and then um, um, we'll be off until next week, um, and we'll recap what we saw in the college football playoffs. We'll preview the college football championship final we'll talk more nfl uh we're gonna start getting into the nba a little bit more now that the nfl and uh college football well college football is dying down the nfl is about to really ramp it up um two more weeks left in the season and then we got wild super wild card weekend um tons of football left until february uh with that being said i'm gonna take a quick break this is clearly unclear Welcome back to the show. This is Clearly Unclear. I'm your host, Matt, with 1T underscore Z-E-B-R-O-W-S-K-I. Uh, we just got done previewing Cincinnati, Alabama. I have Alabama winning 30-21 in a pretty tight game in the first half with Alabama kind of pulling away in the third and fourth quarter. Um, I, I like Cincinnati a lot. Uh, they're going to show up. They're going to make themselves proud. Obviously, they would love to win, but um, I, I think Alabama just has too much depth Um for a Cincinnati team that's really, really good. Don't get me wrong. We went over a lot of their key players. Uh, that Raider kid is really good. They got a good running back. Um, but I, it just uh, Alabama is going to pose to be too much now. Uh, we do have Georgia and Michigan. Um, this is just going to be simple here. Um, Michigan was disrespected at the beginning of the season. They only had twelve votes in the of, to be in the top twenty-five. They weren't. They weren't. That was behind like Liberty and a couple other teams. Um, no one was looking at Michigan being this good. Um, but Jim Harbaugh always puts out a team that is capable of winning 9, 10, sometimes 11 games. Um, but to be fair, um, you know Michigan didn't do anything the previous year to give us something to be excited about. But as this season got warmed up, they and I didn't buy into them. Um, they lost to, what was it, Penn State, um, which was not a great team. Um 
I think it was Penn State. Uh, but they had that one loss. But, you know, credit to them. They went and they beat Ohio State up uh, in that run game. And they absolutely crushed Iowa. So here they are. They get to play Georgia, who couldn't beat Alabama when everyone wanted them to beat Alabama, besides Alabama fans, by the way. Um, they just couldn't do it. But I think they're going to be too much for Michigan. Michigan's bread and butter is running the rock. Um, defensively, both of these teams are going to be hitting each other hard. But offensively, I, I like Georgia better. I think they could put up more points. I think we're going to see that defense come back alive after the dud of a performance against Alabama. Um, this is probably going to be more of a back-and-forth game as far it's not going to be as aesthetically pleasing I think both teams will get frustrated Um, I think both defenses will make plays if Michigan can make enough plays through the air because that is where um, there's a lack of depth as far as how good that secondary is for Georgia Um, you know if they can make some plays there that's their weakness I just don't know if Cade's going to be able to make a lot of big throws, but if he can make a few, score some points, they can get up early. They can make this a game. Um, I just – Georgia's going to win. Um, would I love Michigan to win and Cincinnati to win and Cincinnati to go into that final game and beat the dog shit out of Michigan? Absolutely, I would. Um, but Georgia's defense is really, really good. Um, they just had a bad day against the Bama team um, that – you know, that's Bama's really good. Who knew, right? I mean, anyone who counted Bama out was stupid. Um, but this was a quote-unquote rebuilding year for them. They have a young quarterback, and here they are, the number one seed in the playoffs again. And I think we're going to get a Georgia-Bama rematch with, and I'll get to that at a later date and time next year before that game kicks off. We'll do a whole big game preview on that. Um, but it's it's going to be a methodical game. Right now, the line's Georgia minus 7.5 with the over-under at 45.5. I would actually take I would take Georgia um, to cover that. I think they win by at least, at least 8 points. Um, I just think they're... Michigan's good. Michigan's a very good team. Even if I don't like them, I can admit that they are a very good team defensively. Um, they're, they're, they're stacked. Um, that Gaskins kid can run the rock. Um, but this is Kirby Smart's – he cannot lose this game. Jim Harbaugh, he got the monkey off his back. He beat Ohio State. Good for you all. You guys win one game against Ohio State and God knows how long, and you guys act like, act like you won a fucking national title, and that's fine. I mean, when you don't win a lot of big games because, frankly, you guys haven't won a national title since 97. That was a split with Nebraska, by the way. Your bowl record's been 1-6 since 2007. You beat Florida that year. Um, but you haven't been very good. You've been, it, it, you haven't been very good by your own standards. Eight, nine, ten wins. Can't really sniff getting into the conference title game. You get there, you get blown out. I think the last competitive game between Ohio State and Michigan was back in 2012, and then before that was with Mike Hart back in 2007. Um, Michigan's been good, not great. They finally break through that glass ceiling. Um, but I, I don't. I, I had, I'm glad things are shaking out this way. But really, the the matchups should have been done. Bama, Georgia in the first round, and then Cincinnati, Michigan, um, you know. But I get why they did that. The big money is in the SEC playing each other in the final again. Um, but I, I really think that's, and that's what's going to happen. Um, would it be refreshing to have Cincinnati versus Georgia, so on and so forth, and some different matchup? I just want a good game. 
Um, but with that being said, I'm going to take Georgia. I'm going to take Georgia 27, and I'm going to give Michigan 27-16. So 7, 8, 9. So they'll cover it. Uh, they'll win by 11 points. I think it'll be tight, just like the just like the other game, tight going into the second half, and then little by little you see that talent discrepancy because while Michigan has a bunch of four- or five-yard studs, um, Georgia has far more than that. Um, but this is a huge game for Kirby Smart. For as much pressure as Jim Harbaugh was just on, that same pressure is now on Kirby Smart because he, he can't afford to lose this game. Get to the national title game. Rectify what you've been done. You guys had a historic season, went undefeated, but lost in the SEC championship game to your bitter rival um, where your defense took a day off. I think the defense shows up. I think they impose their will in the fourth quarter, put a couple, put a touchdown or so on the board, um, and, and they'll be seeing Alabama in the final on ESPN. Um, with that being said, I just want to wish everyone a happy new year. I hope you all had a, a wonderful Christmas. Um, the next episode of Clearly Unclear will be in 2022, obviously. So we look forward to that. I'll be covering, obviously, the uh, college football final. Probably talking a little bit about the NBA, uh, where we're at with the NFL. I mean, we're going to be going into week 17 this week. So week <coughs> excuse me, week 18 um, is, is not far from us. We're going to be wild card weekend before we know it. And the Super Bowl will be here in February. So... Uh, with that being said, um, I appreciate all the support. Um, you can reach me at Matt with one T underscore Z E B R O W S K I. That's on Twitter, and you can reach me on Facebook at Clearly Unclear. This is Clearly Unclear. Uh, we will see you next year. Have a wonderful and safe New Year, y'all.